Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. ASMR. 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 That is so nice. <laughs> oh, ooh, tickle. <laughs> yes, that's what it's meant to do. Oh my god. God. Thank god we're recording this shit. <laughs> oh my god, we are. Whoa, I totally forgot. Welcome to Don't Mock My Accent the show where we work through our lives as expats and everything in between, one day at a time. This podcast is designed by expats for expats. Our goal is to build a community for people living away from their home country, a place they can come to for advice, support, and above all else, a home away from home. A lot of laughs and shenanigans to be expected. In this episode, we're talking all about the setup. From the moment you decide to move overseas all the way to stepping foot on the plane, we've got you. And in this week's cultural difference, it's all about things in our overseas homes that just do not make sense. Before we get into this week's episode, we wanted to touch on a story that has impacted us rather significantly this week. Um, Sarah Everard's case has shaken all of South London locals and women across the world. Um she Sarah represents all of us we like all women in the city have walked home alone numerous times from the tube from the pub from a friend's house um we hope that one day as women we should never fear for our safety when we take these walks um we that one day we don't have to think about taking the longer route home so we have better light we don't jump when we hear someone walking behind us we don't walk with keys in our hands we don't fake call someone or text a friend our entire journey home yeah sarah represents all women who feel unsafe who go missing who are exposed to violence on a daily basis let's ensure we continue the conversation and education for all so that one day this fear can come to an end on a more personal note, a lot of young women who decide to move to London find a home in Clapham and have felt safe enough to walk the streets. And although we wish this type of violence could end overnight, we know that this is unrealistic and change takes time. So for now, we ask that you be careful out there and that men take the time to speak to the women around you, listen to how this has impacted them and make a conscious effort to make everyone feel safe on our streets. 
Okay, let's well, get into it. That was heavy stuff, Anna. Important to be said, definitely. Important to be said. I know, like, obviously we just touched on it, but it definitely was something that um, affected us a lot in the, this last week and it was a big, big part of our lives and our, definitely something that was heavily on our mind all week. So I'm glad we said something about yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. Me too. Lauren, look. What? <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> how's your week been slash what's your week looking like (sighs) holy guacamole Anna stop laughing and tell me (laughs) well I do have to say one thing about this upcoming week Mm -hmm. it's your birthday Happy birthday to ya. Happy birthday to ya. Woo! Anna, it's your birthday quarter of a century. Don't tell them that. <laughs> quarter life crisis, yeah. The big so two yeah, five. By the time this comes out, it'll be your birthday. So uh, happy birthday. T-Y, T-Y. Yeah, very excited. It's my second birthday lockdown. So I'm a veteran at lockdown birthdays. Oh, God, this sucks for you. (laughs) I know. But, no, I'm very excited. I've got a great uh, weekend planned. We are, Charlie is setting up for me a pub crawl throughout our tiny London flat. Literally, it's tiny. I think he might even be doing a theme for the bathroom. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But he's he's like been buying little things off Amazon for the last few weeks, which has been adorable. And just like quickly grabbing the parcel so that you can't see what. Yeah, yeah. Like Anna, don't answer the door right now. Don't do it. And I'm like, okay. Even though I know it's my birthday, so I'm like, okay. And I love surprises. So yes, I'm really looking forward to that. Well, know who our true fans are. Whoever we wishes you happy birthday on the day of your birthday i know podcast will know who your true fans are i know it's true who listens on the day i'm excited i'm very excited thanks thanks for letting everyone know that i'm a quarter of a century old lauren much appreciated i'll be doing the same for you at the end of this year don't you worry about that what are you getting me for my birthday lauren well my next question was going to be what's your address because i can't remember what it is so I've everyone never listening sent to this anything podcast, to your house. I know. Obviously, I'm planning to send something for your birthday. You just realized but... now that you have to send something. So now you're like, shit, what's your address? So everyone listening to the podcast, my address is <laughs> beep, 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 beep. Morse code. Greenwich. <laughs> Greenwich, London, United Kingdom. I, I'll just send it to the DLR section. <laughs> the, yeah. you go by and pick it up. Yeah, that'd be great. Right, let's get this episode on. Let's get it going. Anna, Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but when I decided to move overseas, I was so confused about when I should go about doing anything. It was a process. Like, I felt like I should be doing more, like, to plan. But then I got, like, then I was like, no, like, you can't really do anything. But then I was like, should I be doing something more? Like, what? So there's a lot of confusion, basically, is what I'm saying. My mind's telling me no. 
But my body's, my body's telling me, yeah. Wow. Is that, that a was, good sum up of what it was like for you? I wouldn't say my body was saying yes, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah, I completely get what you're saying. But I you think- know, like, it was just so confused. I think there was just, there's so much confusion about how long you should be planning for, how you should go about it. Like, I think there's just so like, your timeline. Let's get let's totally. get into it. I mean, it's the timeline. I know exactly. Like we pretty much wanted to do the setup because I think this is the most confusing part about moving overseas. You would think that when you move here, it's the most difficult part. Mm, mm, it is in a way, but not really, because I think like the task when you decide to move is it just seems so daunting. And when you Google how to move overseas or like where to move into London or how to move to New York or wherever you want to go. It just comes up with so much information and no actual answers. So it's mm. really, really difficult. So basically, Lauren and I have come up with a little timeline that we think is really, really useful for people who are wanting to move overseas to use. So, yeah, so basically we tried to make a little plan to make it as easy as possible, give our advice and sort of speak about how we did it um, just to try and help because mm. it's so freaking hard to find any information and also it's so different for everyone's experiences like some people want to spend more time saving so they'll leave their like their decision to move overseas and actually moving overseas they'll leave a longer gap between that so they have more time to save but then some people you know they want to move within the next few months um but as we like as anna said there is so much information about like that you need to kind of consume to be like, how are you going to go about it? Where do I'm, where am I going to live? Like how, what is, what are my visa requirements? How long does my visa take to even, or like, however you're moving overseas, but how long is that process of like your legal ability to be in the country? Like all of that. And there's, there are some key, I guess, timelines that like we have in mind. I think the initial one is always the, the hardest one to establish whether you want to leave it like a year out or whether you want to leave a year and a half or whether you want to leave six months out who knows yeah but ultimately like it's hard because you want to do more you want to try to do more and you want to try to like figure your life out but there are just some things you can't do and you can't action until you're like closer to moving and I think that gets really stressful sometimes yeah exactly and I just want to preface before we get into this Lauren and I want to make sure that we speak from experience and a lot of our information we're giving as advice. So, you know, we're talking more about if you were on an ancestry visa or a working holiday visa. Obviously, this does change in terms of sponsorships um, and all the other different visas that you can hold. So just and keep also that the in country mind. that you're moving to. And the countries that well. you're moving to. So just keep that in mind. Um, this is just more advice based on our own experience. But we do hope that in one way or another, it can help you set up. So, yeah, so let's get into it. So. Um, just in my own experience, um, I need structure in my life because I need to plan everything to make sure that the worst case scenario doesn't happen to me, of course. So I gave myself a year. I know Lauren was a little bit different and obviously we spoke about that in the first episode. So if you want to hear more about our move story, please go and check that out if you haven't already. Um, But we thought that the one-year structure was the probably the most general, probably the easiest yeah. and actually the safest bet in terms of 
like deciding to lo- move yeah. overseas. So, and the most common, I would say, for everyone yeah. that we think like that we speak to about it, for sure, as well. So, the benefit for me moving overseas and giving myself a year was a it was a lot easier to put a structure in place to make it a realistic goal, but also, um, it didn't stress me out as much, I wasn't under any sort of pressure. And it gave me a lot of time to think about what I needed to do, what I was like, where I was going to go, but where I was going to live, speak to people that have done it before. So I highly recommend doing this. If you are thinking about doing it, just give yourself the time even to save money and, and do all of that. And actually, once you sort of have that year in your head, all of a sudden you find that everything is is for your move. Like for me, it was everything is for London. Like would I go out one night even though I had no money? No, because I had to save for London. So it just became mm. my number one goal. And that's sort of the benefit of it in my opinion and why I recommend it. So, yeah, yeah. so I mean, Lauren, do you want to kick us off with our little structure we've got here? I can. Of course I can, Anna. <laughs> um, so, yeah, as Anna said, we have, um, we're doing this by a year. So I guess the first one, the one-year point. The one-year point. Oh, my God, it's so exciting. You're moving overseas, bitch. Yes. You've yes. decided. You've made it. You've you've actually made one of the hardest things. You've done one of the hardest things already, which is make the decision to even move overseas. So. Snaps yeah. for you. <laughs> holding the microphone in one hand, and I was like, "How do I clap?" Like, slap my own I don't know. Just tech things. Um, so yeah, so at the one year mark, we think that's a you know relatively good time to you've made the plan. You know, let people know, <laughs> let people know that you're moving overseas. Just you know, flag it to them. Maybe flag to your employer, all that sort of stuff. Um, and this is the key time to start like you know, researching your visa and your permits and your ability to live in whatever country you're moving to. Um, um, speak to start speaking to people you know who are um, overseas. So if you have any acquaintances or friends or family that are living in that country you're moving to, or even if you don't know anyone in that country, speak to someone that you know is living overseas. Like most people tend to have someone that they know. Yeah, that and, and people who live overseas are more than happy to answer your questions. Because, oh, my God, yes. Like, literally, look at us. Me and Lauren made a bloody podcast to try and help people because it yeah. is, it is a, um, a maze. So, yeah, they would be more than happy to speak. Even if it was, sure. like, a distant person you knew, like, just message them. I'm always happy to answer messages yeah. from people. And we've so, had, yeah. like, Anna and I have both had, like, people that we might not um, be very close with or just, like, a friend of a friend or something that has just messaged us while we've been over here asking us yeah. for advice and stuff. So, you know, like, just to reach out. You, it can't hurt. Just reach out to them and say, hey, I know you're living overseas, like, from whatever country you're in. Like, how did you go about it? Like, how did you do it? Just ask them for their advice, their opinions about, you know, all that. Because it does really help um, help you kind of get a bit more clarity in your mind about everything. Um, and then start making your plan. So start saying, you know, do you see yourself wanting to travel when you first get there? Do you see yourself, you know, getting straight head, like head into it? Do I want to just start work straight away? Do I just want to like settle straight away? Like start working out what you see yourself doing. And that's when you can kind of start creating that budget. And we'll have like another episode that kind of goes into how best to budget. But this is a good time to start working out your budget and working out um, how much you might need. And this is when those conversations with people you know who are living overseas are really valuable because it helps kind of frame your mindset of how much you might need. Um, And you want like one thing we really want to stress is like 
you want to make sure that you have enough funds to set yourself up um, because obviously taking your visa and taking your those costs of like getting those things sorted out of your mind, it's the fact that you don't know like when you're going to find a job. Like if you don't have a job already and you're not just like transferring with a company or whatever, like you don't know how long you might be unemployed and you have to think of things like when you get here, you're going to have to start paying rent and you're going to have to start um, like putting a deposit on your like rent. So that's like basically two months rent straight up. And that's can be, you know, difference with every country. But for us, it's like, like what, like 1800 pounds, I would say yeah. straight up. I mean, probably divided by roommates, but um, yeah, like, and then obviously for usually five weeks rent as well ahead, just to, just to get an idea. I mean, that's just the, mm. the tip of the iceberg. Um, it's not cheap to do this. So yeah, it's really start planning a budget, but always keep in your head within, uh, we're going from one year to, to six months. So within that six mm. months, always just save as much as you can. Yeah. In, try and aim for above and beyond your budget. Like just try and save as much, as much as you can. In those six months, that's the best thing that you can do because there's not really much else that you can do at that point except Enough, for save yeah. your money. So save your money. Talk to, like Lauren said, talk to the people that have done it. Do make a research. little and Exactly. Um, I know for me, I transferred with my company and I started to get into conversations with the people who were running the global mobility program at my job. Um, and they sort of said, oh, it's not time yet, but like, let's sort of start looking at where you want to go. Let's have a look at the departments available in that uh, city. Um, so yeah, if you have, if you're thinking of doing that, it might be worthwhile flagging that. I flagged it to my manager as well. And I just said, look, I'm here to the end of financial year, going to smash this goal with you. And then I'm off. And, um, and that was really, really good because I think she then knew she could help me out any way she can. And I wasn't being sketchy or anything, but of course it's, it's different every situation. So, and yeah, I had something similar happen to me as well. Like I was, at a company and I was on a contract and I had only like another like couple of months left on that contract. But I um, decided to move about about nine to 10 months before I moved. And I just flagged it to my manager at that company. And she just said, Oh, we'll just extend your contract until you leave. And so I just told her when I was planning to fly out and she literally just extended it to then. So um, ha have those conversations seeing like, try to get like your employment, like, you know, get, give yourself the, your timeline sort like saying, I'm going to move on this date. And then start just getting those kind of things sorted like get, maybe get your flight sorted like depending on where you're going could be worth getting some flights sorted that's what I did I just booked my flights because then I feel like by doing that for me by having my flight booked it was like there's no turning back you're doing this like and even if your like situation changes you kind of say okay well I'll just travel like I'll just go and travel and I'll still have a return flight and that was that was my biggest thing like when you're booking a flight I booked a return flight and I did that for peace of mind and security to know that if I got there and it turned to shit and I just didn't want to do this anymore, I was kind of like, okay, well, I have a way to get home. And usually it's cheaper to do that as well. It's usually cheaper day. to do that. Yeah. yeah. And also, yeah. like, I just think it's about that committing to you've got to commit. I mean, it's so the best like, way to commit is to just get a just get something it. booked and get just, just commit. Just commit because it will just be the best it. thing you'll ever do. Cool. So moving on. So it's six months later. You've sort of got a little bit of a plan. You've been speaking to some people. You're you've got some funds behind you. Maybe you've got a flight. Um, so maybe it's time now to start looking a little bit deeper. 
So I wouldn't say it's six months that you need to go full steam ahead just yet, but no, it's probably a good idea to start getting that momentum going. So what you want to do is you probably want to start doing some light research into areas you want to live um, and sort of have a plan for when you arrive. So, um, you know, by talking to people that might have already lived there, they might recommend places for you to live. I know for me, it was like a lot of Clapham, obviously, because that's where the Aussie community is. Yeah. I also had people say like Bethnal Green and Hackney on those sorts of areas. So it was really good because when I moved here, we kind of got to see those different areas. We actually had viewings in a few different parts of London and got the feel of where we wanted to, to live. So but just by doing that little bit of research and speaking to people, it really helps. And also, I think when you are looking at places to live, having word of mouth is the best way to know the best places to live. Like how are you supposed to know from Google if it's safe? How are you supposed to know from the internet? So yeah, just a little bit of light research into that. Even potential jobs. Um, Now Lauren is quite passionate about talking about this, but you, the thing is you could apply from a job from Australia, but honestly I would say our advice is don't waste your time because if there are other people going for that job in the UK, the the chances of them getting it over you are much greater because you probably don't have your visa then, so on and so forth. So, But it's probably good to have a look at potential jobs, companies that uh, operate out of London or wherever you're wanting to move to, areas where their offices are, even just like job descriptions so that if you need some more experience in one area you could go out and like make that happen um so yeah so they're the sorts of things so sort of just like light research into that um and also i'd say at this point you need to fully commit like book probably book a flight maybe um have your flight booked like just fully commit go all in just absolutely send it um (laughs) and do that so I'd say that that about the six months, I think that's what I was yeah. doing anyway. I don't know about you, Lauren. Yeah, this would, I, that was basically the same for me as well. I was just kind of, as you said, looking into those areas and just seeing, I guess, the best way to go about it and whether I wanted, like, the travel I wanted to do when I arrived, like, because I was really, um, it, obviously I moved around the summertime, so I wanted to make sure, like, I took advantage of summer. So my whole plan was to do some travel before I, like, f- fully settled in London. Um, so that like planning all that travel and like getting some of that booked as well. That was I kind of started doing that because it was cheaper to book six yeah. months out than it is closer to. Definitely. Um, so I started, yeah, started going through those processes and just kind of gearing up the leaving and like starting to maybe kind of sort through some stuff at home and like being like, do I like things I might want to take or whatever? But mm-hmm. that's just because I'm really organized. Yeah, that's, why, that's what I do. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, and then three months later. It's fast approaching. And this is when um, I think things start to really like take. Oh, baby, you're going there. You're going. And this is when when things start getting real. Things start getting real. And this is usually the time. So for us, we're both on visas and you can't apply for your visa from like, so Australia to the UK, you can't apply for your visa usually the minimum time is like three months out like you can't you can't like book six months out you can't sort your visa out any earlier than that so that's usually when people get onto their visas and they'll say like they'll go through all their application they're getting their stuff together um and they go through all of that so that's your visa time and it's different for everyone because obviously if you have a passport you're in a very lucky situation you don't have to worry about doing 
any of that crap. But <laughs> this is when you'll start getting your visa sorted. Um, start organizing your com- accommodation when you arrive. So, um, this start one if of the you're... Most com- Sorry to interrupt, Laura. This no, was one fine. of the most confusing parts of the whole move for me. Oh, my God. Literally, like, there's like, no answers. Yeah. yeah um, it's, there is no, and there is no answers, right. and it's different for everyone. Like, if you're lucky enough to stay with a friend, then, like, that is, like, chef's kiss, the perfect situation to have yourself in. Because let me tell you, when you move overseas and you would, like, especially if it's a long distance, like you are jet lagged. You've just left like your loved ones behind. You have like 30 kilos of your life shoved into a suitcase that you're lugging around. And you just, you have, there's so many emotions that are happening in that moment and you're in a new place. You're in a new country and a new environment. So the last thing you want is to be somewhere that you don't feel safe or comfortable or you don't feel like you have any support around you um so i think if you can find a way to stay with a friend of a friend or a friend or a loved one or someone that you know overseas i think that really helps Helps. and it helps that whole trend like initial transition and my biggest thing was the fact that my life was in this like 30 kilo suitcase and it didn't have a home yet so you want somewhere that you know that you can just leave it there and like just worked a place that you could work out your life and just try to get some stuff sorted. So I'm really passionate about this. A lot of people tend to go to a hostel because it's the cheapest option. I highly recommend not going to a hostel in this initial period of time. I recommend booking it like Airbnb at least. Like if you don't have anywhere to stay, book an Airbnb, but a space that's a little bit more comfortable that you can like spread out a little bit, not a, like a six bedroom dorm room where you're like sharing a bunk bed. <laughs> red By space, we don't mean uh, that, but a bunk bed. <laughs> yeah, I think you're so right. So, in my experience, I I moved over with a friend, and um, we got an Airbnb. So, I, I guess in terms of cost, that definitely helped because I was split between two. So, I get like Airbnbs are expensive, but honestly, if you can put them into your budget, do it. Um, I can't recommend it highly enough, and. I totally agree with Lauren. It is honestly so such a stressful experience um, and you want somewhere comfortable. So the Airbnb was really good. Um, I think we're going to do an episode in a couple of weeks about shit that goes wrong because it happens to everyone. So we can go into those stories. So later much goes but, wrong. <laughs> yeah, I, I highly recommend just, just get a B&B. I got one for two weeks. Could do three weeks if you want. You know, Two weeks is a good time frame. You usually can find a room in that time. And if not, just extend. Normally the Airbnb hosts are quite nice about it. So, yeah, so that's that's what I would definitely say about the accommodation for sure. For sure. And, yeah, and that three-month mark is a good um, time to start, like, organizing that accommodation. And if you are staying with a friend, like, contacting them and saying, hey, just making sure that I can stay with exactly. you. Please and thank you ahead of time. <laughs> okay, bye. And, like, Lauren, yeah. I mean, Lauren made a really good point when we were uh, writing this episode because, as you now know, she traveled before she settled down so by leaving her bag with a trusted friend it was just so I'm sure it was that was so oh my helpful God, yeah um, yeah because I did I just left it at um I couldn't stay with them in London how would you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment 
Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. But I left my bag there, and I was staying at Airbnb in London for two weeks. And in that two weeks was my chance to, A, experience London in summer, which is really fun, and also to um like find like go like house like flat share searching and finding somewhere to live so that I could go travel and come back and literally the day I flew back I was in my new like flat that's the yeah. day I moved into my flat so um you kind of want to allow that two weeks if you're in a big city like London or like any other big city in the world like flat shares go so quickly like they are just constantly on offer and constantly going You'll so I find think, that. Like, you'll You'll find a place you'll see a place online you'll go there you'll meet them and then you'll be in like you'll have to basically if you're so say you want to put in a flat a a flat offer right so maybe not like get a room and I don't think people tell you this by the way this was shocking when I go so yeah like I said you look at a flat online you contact the agent you see the flat that day and then you have to put an offer in that day and then you usually get it by that night and then you're moved in the next Monday. That's how quick it is here. It's like, so quick. The, like, the demand in moves. here is so crazy. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so you'll find, you'll find a place really quickly. Really quickly. And, and that's why, like, this, like, research in this timeline is really good so that in that two weeks you're not stressing about where you're going to look and also maybe, like, look at Airbnbs or, like, like temporary places you're staying within that area that you want to like find a place in 
So that's why it's always good to do that research ahead of time to say, I want to, I'm going to think about living in maybe these areas of yeah. the city. And also um, the Airbnbs are cheaper because they're not in central London most of the time. Exactly. So exactly. yeah, for sure. Like I stayed at an Airbnb in Clapham and all my flat shares I was looking at was around the Clapham yeah, same. area. Um, because you know that's where all the Aussies are. Clap them, yeah. Um, um, so that's a three month mark. And then the next thing you need to do is when you apply for your visa, this, we were trying to think of things where, like, we looked at something and we were like, "What is the actual f does that mean?" So there's this one thing when you get your visa where you have to choose a London postcode to get your BRP card, and your BRP card is your basically your id for the time that you're here it that's shows your visa it, it's your visa it shows don't you take have, it to a club it's just a little <laughs> card it looks like your australian driver's license or whatever driver's license yeah. you have so you basically need to pick that up after 30 days of moving here um so that's really important and they actually ask for a london postcode so that they can send it to that post office so my advice for this is I, I said to Lauren, like, I just chose a central London postcode because you can travel to central London so easily. Um, obviously, this is London specific. But um, we just thought, like, the probably the best thing to do is just use the postcode of your local embassy and just go to the closest post office there. Um, and I think that's the way to do it. So don't stress when you when you are applying for your visa that they ask you for a postcode and you don't have anywhere that you're living at that point. Just put in a central postcode. It's fine. I mean, that seems yeah. so small, but like that really confused the heck out of me. I remember messaging Callum about that, who we've got coming on as a guest and being like, what do I do? So yeah. Um, and the other thing I'll say is uh, start organizing your stuff at home early because you're going to go from like having all this stuff from wherever you're from to packing that into one suitcase or two suitcases mm. and then moving overseas it's not an easy job like it's seriously no. not i think i started three months out we did like one dump and then we did another dump and then another yeah. call and it was just like so stressful like clearing out my room because yeah. honestly like like honestly avoid buying stuff to take with you because you're going like unless you're going to like a third world country like you can buy stuff in yeah. the country you're living in. 100%. You do not need linen. You do not need fucking pillows. You do not need like extra clothes. Like you're going to be fine. You'll you be fine. Buy it as you go. Like seriously. So I remember like it is stressful. Like try to take, I would say less is better. Like mm. take things that you need, like take things that you want to take, but try to be, you know, be strict with yourself about it. Because mm. I remember having a, like the day before I was flying out, and I was trying to pack everything into my suitcase, my like giant suitcase, like to make sure it wasn't over 30 kilos either. And I had a breakdown. Like I just broke down and I like couldn't continue. And then my mom had to like pack it for me because I was just yeah, like, I was just here. like, I was just looking at this, all my stuff in like this room same and here. like in this suitcase. And I was like, how have I got to fit the, all of this in a bag and like take it overseas with me? This is ridiculous. I think I have a video of me trying to fit everything in. I'll see if I can find it and put it on the on our Instagram. But um, yeah, it's a good one. So like, it's something that you don't really think about, but you definitely need to get prepared for that. Mm. Just start culling stuff, take stuff to donation, take stuff to women's shelter. Like, Getting just, organized. you know what I mean? Just get organized um, for sure. And then I think the only other thing would just be small things like maybe make sure your resume is sort of up to scratch. You know, you just want to give yourself the best chance to not get as stressed out. Like you will, you will stress out, but like just make it chill. Like yeah. don't, don't worry about things that you could have controlled before. So yeah. 
Maybe start preparing like a list of companies that you might want to apply for or start reaching out to when you get overseas and like maybe recruitment agencies you want to get in contact with, get your resume going, like just try to get as much as, as like much as prepared as you can, but also try not to stress if there's stuff that you want to do, but you just can't do because you'll like, have so it, much it, time. Things and things just they honestly do fall. I know they it's do. pretty corny to say, but it does just fall into place. Like it does. And it's you, so and much you easier do, when you move here. When you get here, yeah. you're like, why it's was like, that so? Yeah. Why did I think that was so difficult? Yeah. Um, and once sure. you and thing, yeah, things fall into place, and you do just like work things out. You just you work things out, and you just get yourself sorted. Exactly. Um. No, that's for sure. So basically, at this point, you know, you'll apply for your visa. You'll be without your passport for three weeks. You get it back. And then essentially you'll be really just ready to go, to be honest. Ready to go. So, start saying goodbyes. Exactly. Start, start those farewell parties. Sayonara. <laughs> Sayonara, everyone. Adios, muchachos. Exactly. It's exciting. So um, so we basically take into one week before. So one week before, I mean, it, it, it seems pretty simple, but maybe I'm telling, okay, first of all, I'm telling you right now what I'm about to tell you is simple but so important because you cannot call Australian numbers from inside the UK unless you have a crazy phone plan. It's not worth it's it so true. because you yeah. can obviously do everything on the internet. But like calling the bank, calling the tax office, my God, you can't call these people here. So let everybody know that you're moving. The tax office, the electrical vote, banks, phones, everyone. Um, just to it's let so them know. easy. Like it's so you just have to notify them. And then the last thing you want to do is just I would say as like a just a backup is just make copies of all your documents, passports, mm-hmm. birth certificates, any medical stuff, anything like that. I mean, it doesn't hurt Travel for you to bring them. Just exactly like bring them with you. You never know when you're going to need them. I've never really needed mine, but um, yeah, I haven't important. had to use mine either. But you just but again, like as Anna said, you just never know. So yeah, so then obviously then say your goodbyes to everyone, have a going away party. I got absolutely slizzed at mine. It was so worth it. Oh, I got absolutely smashed. Oh my God, I was so smashed, but it was so much fun. Um, And step on that plane and go and live the best life and make the best decision come true that you'll ever have in your whole life. It's, yeah. it's the best experience. Things in my overseas home that don't make sense are we recording a tiktok well i am a tiktok at this point that's how much i consume it yeah you're, so, a, bit, you're a bit ticky and I'm, you're a bit talky aren't you? i'm a human tiktok <laughs> sad but true and i'm 25 years old what's wrong with me ew millennial on tiktok <laughs> shut up i'm born in 96 okay i'm basically gen z what is that what even is that side part <laughs> this side part of my hair it's not even a part. Cultural difference this week. Things in our uh, overseas homes that don't make sense. We um, popped this one up on our Instagram this morning just to see what people say. And like, I knew, I knew what people knew. would say. I knew. Surprisingly, we got more responses than I thought we'd get. <laughs> I literally thought we weren't going to get any. So I, I know. was pretty shocked we even got some. <laughs> this, this just proves that it's a controversial topic. Um, so let's kick us off. So basically... The number one thing that we got on our Instagram that I'm absolutely not surprised about, and I guess this is English specific, but if you know this in, an, in the country that you live in, that's not sort of in the UK, please let, please let us know because I'd be curious. Oh, my curious. God, please let us know. I'm actually really curious to see what other like countries' households are like. So yeah, please let me know. Please let us know. Send so, me a video. Yeah. Pixar, it didn't happen. 
So the one thing about UK homes is that they don't have any electrical sockets slash light switches in their bathrooms. So basically when you want to go take a pee, you have to turn on the light either from outside the bathroom if it's a switch or if you go inside the bathroom, it's one of those string lights that hangs down from the roof and you go, that's what's in mine. Although that is very satisfying. I love, I love doing that. Um, and with the electrical sockets, I think is the most annoying thing and the number one thing that we had come on our Instagram. Heaven forbid you need to use a hairdryer or a straightener in the bathroom. You just can't. They've got like these weird, I don't know what you call them. They've got like 500 volts or something on it's it. It's like the razor. It's like the specific shaver plugs. But yeah. I don't even have one of those in my bathroom. I know. Although I did discover the other day that because Charlie has an electric toothbrush and he plugs it into that plug because I think it's got an adapting thing where you can plug in the actual yeah, cord. Yeah, because I think, but... yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't it's know. Like a, it's basically like a separate socket. I mean, you've seen them in like hotel bathrooms. Like they're a separate socket that usually says it's specific for like shavers. And I think it's because of the voltage of the electricity yeah. um, going like allowed in it because I think of the time, like the type of room it is with all the moisture and shit. Yeah. But at the same time, like in Australia, I lived in a humid, bloody place. And like Brisbane is a humid place, all right? The bathroom had like never-ending humidity with moisture awesome. added. And I still had a PowerPoint in my bathroom. Everyone has a PowerPoint. I honestly was scared every time I got into the bath, but at least I could still charge my laptop (laughs) and watch my Netflix. I mean, At least I could blow dry my hair in the bathroom. I know. I don't really know what happened for them to turn around and say, no, sorry, you're not allowed any electricals in the bathroom or when that happened. If anybody knows why, like, there aren't any PowerPoints in the bathroom in the UK, like, let us know because I am actually curious i mean i probably could google but i'd rather someone actually let me know yeah i'd rather (laughs) me not go to the effort but i am curious so yeah that's like the number one thing because it can like you said god forbid you want to straighten your hair or actually do anything beauty related in the bathroom i think you have to have your own beauty stand outside somewhere just to be able to straighten your hair um so that's like the number one thing and then i think the second thing that we got in there was the hot and cold taps oh my god the hot and cold taps i'm grateful that my flat thankfully does not have hot and cold taps me but too. my old flat did and it pissed me off to no end yeah but then i wonder though because i feel like i have seen hot and cold taps in australia but then i think a lot of americans say the hot and cold tap thing am i going crazy because because you know what it is the di- okay the difference is the difference is that we've had we have hot and cold taps in australia but most of the time it's not a separate faucet like it's the same faucet and it's just the knobs that's yeah, what we usually true. have in australia but it's the fact that in the uk you literally have a sink and you have a faucet with a cold knob and a faucet with a hot knob and you can't like heaven forbid you want warm water like not boiling hot you just want <laughs> warm water you have to have the perfect ratio yeah, of both taps on to... at the exact same time and sometimes <laughs> they don't even tell you if they're hot or cold you sometimes like, you just have to guess and I literally I remember in my old flat like when I first moved to London sometimes if I needed like lukewarm water or something I would like have to turn the hot tap on at the hot turn the cold tap on and the problem is like our sink like you couldn't really fill the sink up properly or like whatever so I would like <laughs> like put my hands under the hot tap and then like alternate between the hot and the cold <laughs> no. did you like, just think of putting them on at the exact same time <laughs> I did I did like I put them on at the same time like, let them run but 
it was because they had two separate faucets. So I would go to like oh. the hot tap and the cold tap and I was like there like rotating. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like oh boiling my, my hair. <laughs> oh my God. How old were you, Lauren, at this time? 21? Yeah, I think I was actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh god it's such funny. a struggle no it's because uh, I, don't think we had a, I don't think we had a plug for the sink either so i couldn't even like fill the sink up with water and like do it that lukewarm water that way it was like i had no other option and it was really cold <laughs> in the morning all right i didn't want to use a cold <laughs> this is the story of everybody's life here is like just making do um and like i know one of the other things as well that um that is really weird to me um maybe it's like an Aussie thing but I doubt it because I feel like if you lived in Florida you'd probably have the same thing but like <laughs> they don't have any crim safe or like uh what are they fly called like bugs bug yeah fly, fly screens. screens on the windows like anything could just fly in I told my parents about this this morning they're like what if birds just fly in and I'm like well that's a possibility okay <laughs> I it's always think about that if I leave like my window open and especially in summer because there is no air circulation no air conditioning so you have to leave your windows open in I summer mean it, the it's evening. honestly no like option. I mean it's like two things in one the like flats and the houses here are not built for the summer which I find ridiculous and people always say oh it's always so cold in the UK no in the summer here, it gets to like 34, 35 degrees. It is the south of England hot. is bloody hot, all it's right? Hot. Like it gets to like 30, 35 degrees. And London is humid. I'm it's a, a bloody yeah, city. We're, we are fully qualified to say that it's hot because we're Queenslanders. So if anything, do you, we're. Do you ever get someone, especially in London, I feel like, but I always get people saying, like, well, you're Australian, you should be used to the heat. And I, I was like. Heat. I hate the heat. Why do you think um, I left Brisbane? I always <laughs> say I'm a, such a terrible Australian because I absolutely hate the heat and I get sunburnt all the time and I don't tan. Oh, it's yeah. awful. But no, like legit. So it's just strange because you have your windows wide open and it's just the air. I was, I'm going to say something really dumb, but I hope people can relate to this. The air is just right there. Like everything, <laughs> the outdoors is basically the indoors. And I'm just not prepared for that. It's like, real indoor-outdoor living here. My mum and dad were like, oh, do they not have any bugs there? And I'm like, no, because no. The, the London pollution just kills everything. I have like two swans that are outside my house and they're so dirty, the poor things. Like, I don't know. But I just don't know. Like, I just don't feel safe with like my windows open and no like crim safe on it. Because if it's not crim, it's not, <laughs> not crim safe. safe. <laughs> That's very Australian. Pacific but also London is like the crime capital. So you just like, just I have believe- my whole window open because it's so oh, hot. You'll appreciate the center actually. So basically like um, I don't have any like underfloor heating in my flat because obviously not. And basically like the bathrooms, like the tiles, not. <laughs> the tiles <laughs> get so cold in winter. I always have my slippers, but there are sometimes that like <laughs> on the toilet, there is like a little section. I don't know if it's cause it's like a connection with the flat below me or something and maybe where their shower is. I don't, I don't fucking know. But basically like there is a little patch like right next to the toilet that is warm. Like the tiles are warm and mm. I always just like tuck my feet onto <laughs> And I, and I, for a moment, I sit there and I think, wow, this is what it's like to have underfloor heating. <laughs> I'm so glad you just admitted that. It's the little things. It's the little the things. The little things that really It's like help. how um, Charlie and I have like a little balcony in our flat, but we haven't been bothered to buy patio furniture because what's the point? 
But now we've started to sit up there. So we just sit on the ground with a blanket wrapped around us and we're like, yes, <laughs> this is the dream. Did you get Freezing a little turf patch for the balcony? Oh, yes. <laughs> this is how desperate we were for, like, actual life in our flat because it was, like, the middle of winter. We went to um, B&Q, which is, like, just a home, like a, I don't know, like, bunny. What do you call it? Like, home repairs. Homewares. Yeah. Not homewares. Like, <laughs> oh, fuck. Like I don't bunnings. know. Like, like bunnings. Like in- bunnings. <laughs> Home and hardware. No, like, yeah, like a trade industrial, like, yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> and we bought this, like, AstroTurf. So we have fake grass on our DIY balcony. store. And it's, uh, it's, it's very cute. And actually, I thought, at first, I thought I'd hate it, but it's, I think it's so cute. I love it. But now I just need to get some actual patio furniture since the sun is starting to emerge again. So I'm That's excited awesome. about that. And Lauren and I were pissing ourselves laughing over this. Like when you when you have a loft, like most of the time it's like um a bathroom or a bedroom, but the windows to the loft are like on the roof. On the roof. <laughs> so you're like, and you just have to like it's push a skylight, it out. but an actual <laughs> it's a skylight, but an actual window. And for a for a country that rains a whole lot, it's it's not ideal. It's not ideal. It doesn't make any logical sense. Like the houses opposite me, like they have the same thing. And whenever I see the window open and it's about to rain, I'm like, mm, you better shut your window. Like, <laughs> you better, you better, you're going to get you screwed <laughs> by this rain cloud coming over. Oh my God. Yes. But, and it's always like a half room as well because it's like the roof. So you usually have this corner of the room that you can't even use because it's like, it's much like a tiny amount of space. <laughs> tiny amount of space. I mean, just got, like this no diagonal slant, like on the Just put a plant there and no one will care. <laughs> Why do you think English and slash UK people have so many house plants? We like are my... weird nooks and crannies. It's like my housemate's um, room, he's like on that slant. He's got the slant because he's in the loft conversion. And he, I, he was talking about when he was working from home. I was like, "Well, can't you just fit a desk in there?" And he was like, "No, I just hit my head." Like, <laughs> it's ridiculous. And I was like, "You really oh have to God. get creative." Um, my other favorite thing, Anna, is <laughs> I'm gonna set the scene for you. Oh my God! I'll close my eyes. It's nine o'clock. It's a Tuesday night. <laughs> You're peaceful. Lie in bed. Your bed happens to be next to the kitchen. Suddenly, you start shaking. Your bed starts shaking. And you think, what the fuck? Is that an earthquake? No, it's the washing machine on (laughs) (laughs) I'm dying. It's so true. (laughs) Because apparently we're going to put the washing machine in the kitchen because it's the only available space in the flat. (laughs) And the spin cycle is going to shake. It's a peaceful Friday night. You decide to open a bottle of bread and cook a lovely dinner for yourself. The the uh the mince is in the pan sizzling away, and you're just enjoying a peaceful glass of wine when all of a sudden and no, it's is not that a rocket ship? Is it gonna take off? No, it's just the washing machine drying the clothes. And the worst thing is, I honestly, you can hear that washing slash feel that washing machine throughout the entire house slash flat. Your neighbors can hear it. Everyone can hear it. Everyone knows that you're doing washing. I can hear my neighbors. I think my neighbors get really pissed off. I'm doing like three cycles in a day. Oh, my God. You're not the only one. What are they going to do? Come over and say, sorry, you can't do your washing anymore? Excuse me. We're trying to sleep. The washing machine is shaking our roof. It's so true. Like, they're washing 
machine is in my kitchen as well. And I live in like a fairly modern flat. And I just think to myself, like, you have the opportunity to actually design these flats the way that they should be designed. And yet you still put a washing machine in the kitchen. What? But then also, to be fair. But there's also I, no other room. Like, there's nowhere no, else. No, there to isn't. Put the washing machine. Also, I will say that I hear in places like New York, they half the flats. They don't have any of them. Like, no. I have nothing and they have to go to the laundromat. And I'm like, mm, I would never do washing, literally. Yeah. I'm so there are. Yeah, there are a lot of hashtag blessed, but hashtag don't want to be eating my food with my laundry detergent next door. Like, no. There are a lot of like a place cities in the world that don't like their flats are just so small they can't fit the washing machine in, and they do have like I've heard people talking about this. Like I guess I guess like especially New York because we all know the flats are really small in New York, but like they always say like you have to be really lucky if you. Um, like have a laundry room in your apartment building. Like mm-hmm. you, you've basically won the lottery if that's the yeah. case. And because like, oh, it's convenient. You can just go downstairs and do your washing. But most of the time it's your local laundromat and you have to like go do your laundry in a laundromat. I'm like, that just takes up so much time because the idea, like I always just like put your washing on and I'll just continue about my day. Like, you know, do some shit, like do whatever I want to do. But do you have to like... What do you have to do? You just like sit there and wait for your clothes to finish washing? Like, what do you do? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I don't, know. I don't trust I don't to steal like, my leave. clothes. I was gonna say, I don't trust to like leave it there and not like and just walk away. I know. That's so. And then all you have to do is sit somewhere where it's like just that sound that we were just describing constantly, but like 20 of those all at once. I, it would drive me crazy. I don't know how people do it. But yeah, and I think another thing as well with London, like, and this is probably the most important, especially if you're moving here and you don't know, like, okay, these buildings are old, right? Like, they're old. Like, you just have, there's so much unfinished detailing. Mold, who's she? Just jokes. She's right there everywhere. She's literally everywhere. everywhere. Like, if you move, if you're moving to a flat chair or a flat that doesn't have mold in it, like, you've won the lottery. Like Exactly. <laughs> well, like, done. if your carpet isn't stained. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. And then you lack character. 
That's me and Lauren's favorite quote. I oh say it all the time. All the if time. your carpets aren't stained, you lack you lack character. Oh my god! And the best part is, especially like in like as you say, these houses are so old, like Victorian houses, like turned into flats. Yeah, and literally like the detailing. It's just like, where does the carpet end? It's gonna end about an inch until the wall, like before the wall. I know. <laughs> I'm gonna have a few cracks in the wall, like. Like, oh, the door doesn't quite align. The door doesn't shut up. <laughs> <laughs> like, why does the door shut? I no. remember my old place. My my old place in Wandsworth Town. My in, like, I was in a house, and literally my bedroom door like <laughs> didn't shut like fully closed. <laughs> so it would just kind of just like sit there. <laughs> I remember in my flat that I used to live in Tooting, like the other thing is like the the floorboards between the flats. Like you can hear so- everything. Like you can literally hear everything like nothing is a secret between you and your neighbors let's just say that oh my god um, literally everything and you're like you, you do you know exactly what your neighbors are up to as well because it's based on like the creakiness of the fucking <laughs> and i will say like households like anywhere you live in the world like especially away from your home country like you're always when you move overseas and you just like discover these little quirks of the houses and how these they've been built and these little characteristics you are going to have an endless amount of conversation and ranting about how stupid they are. <laughs> oh my God, it is so good. If you want more, please just look up hashtag things in my house that don't make sense on TikTok because they are literally everywhere. Oh my and God, it is so funny. Iconic. And we'll it's share iconic. some of our favorite ones, um, probably British related, but we will share some of our favorite ones that we've seen. Yeah. <laughs> so it talks about basically all of these issues. Yeah, exactly. Episode four is complete. Done. Tick off the list. Off the list. We've did it. Um, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in and in another amazing episode. We love having your support. Um, do get in touch with us on at Dobok My Accent. We want to hear all your funny household stories. We want to hear everything. Any advice or any, if you want to. If you want us to dive into anything that we spoke about today, like please do get in touch with us. And thank you. And speak to you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye.